Mr. Mystery Guest. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Unless you want to open a front door for me. But you have me at a loss. You know my name, but who are you? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Another orphan of a bankrupt culture who thinks he's John Wayne, Rambo, Marshall Dillon. I was always kind of partial to Roy Rogers, actually. I really like those sequined shirts. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Hey everybody, welcome back to Ginger Flicks. I'm Joey. And I'm Josh. What is with that smile? That is frightening. This is... You just were like... This is exhausting. You were so big, like... <laughs> you looked like uh, Krusty the Clown, but not Krusty the Clown, like the sailor guy, like... Uh... <laughs> what was his name? With the... With the... Happy Pete or something or Peg Leg yeah, Pete? It's like that be uh Captain Pete. Yeah, yeah. Who danced with the accordion? Yeah. No, 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 not him. <laughs> yeah, that'd be Captain oh, yeah. Pete. Yeah. Captain yeah. <laughs> yeah. Peter. Peter. Yar. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. During this time of year, I guess we're into December now, which is exciting. I think it means there's a month left of 2020. Let's get it done with. <laughs> and Josh, we've decided we're going to do a sort of Christmassy month. Would you agree? I think so. I, I, you know, I was thinking about that. I'm like, all of the movies we're going to be doing generally are either around the time of or celebrate Christmas directly. Yes. And they don't mention any other religions. <laughs> Is like, half of you upset about this? What's that? Is half of you upset about this? No. <laughs> no it's more like you know for any anyone else out there it's like hey what about hanukkah I don't yeah know. so half of you is is concerned or upset i understand it's I'm okay for the other people like for me i'm good i'm fine well you see you have this distinct thing which is kind of rare only a few people have where you have managed to be a part of both celebrations at some point in your life. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I've never had that. You know what, though? I I actually can't recall celebrating Hanukkah. Mind you, you were a kid when it happened. When, you, I mean, when I your recall, parents did it. I know did we it. celebrated Passover. Oh, okay. That. But I can't remember if I ever actually celebrated Hanukkah. I well, I think that food. Passover is a bigger deal anyways. Honestly, I don't, I don't, I, again, you're asking the wrong Dad guy. would be very disappointed. To know that I <laughs> yes. Know. Your father would be very disappointed. He Let's be honest. Like, I hate you. 
<laughs> but that's it's not about that though. He that's hates just, you for other life. reasons. That's his life. It's exactly. I mean, jeez. Anyways, though. Um. So, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, not that we're not gonna show. We don't want to show love to other religions or anything like that. It's just. I can't think of any other. I mean, we could do the Adam Sandler movie Eight was, Crazy Nights. Yeah, I was thinking about that later on in the month, which we is. Could, but nah. We'll we'll see. We might come across it. We might not. It also for us it depends on availability right now of finding these movies. That's true. Which is which has been well, the, the the trickiest can, thing we right can now. Find them. We'll be fine. Yeah. So I mean, I think maybe we will. Maybe scrap one of the Christmas, one of the other Christmas movies we've chosen, and go with that one. We'll see. We'll see. We will see. We. Oh, we'll see. Okay. Alrighty. So, anyways, to start off our Christmas movie extravaganza for the month of December, what movie did we watch? Well, it's funny because, well, we watched Die Hard for everybody listening. We, we did. We watched Die Hard, which is a classic action movie. And it's which, awesome. mind you, if you you are listening, at you'll know from the quote we put on at the top of the episode, anyways, because we tend to put a quote at the top of every episode. So exactly, you'll know, <laughs> you'll know before we even say it. Just but yeah, so you know. <laughs> um, but it's it's funny because as a kid, you know, it's like there are certain movies. Like for the for the most part, I should say, movies don't get centered around a holiday, right? No, because that kind of restricts it to like this is when it has to happen. Well, then, yeah, I mean, it, and if they are centered around a specific holiday, then it becomes a specific plot point to the film. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's the right? movie itself, and you only want to watch holiday movies really around those holidays. Like no one, I mean, maybe I did a little bit as a kid. But no one, no one is like, "Hey, let's watch the Santa Claus in August." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like who watches so wants, exactly? Yeah. yeah. But I think some movies transcend that because only recently, within the last, let's say, decade or a bit, they started calling Die Hard a Christmas movie. I never thought of it as a Christmas movie, even though it's clearly like right at the beginning, <laughs> he lands. They're playing Christmas music in the limo. It, it and then it's that's the the whole thing is it's the Christmas party, like that's where they are. But I never thought of it as a Christmas movie. It's ever. it's funny you mention that because it wasn't even released for Christmas time. It was released yeah. in February, which is so weird. Like that's the thing, right? It's yeah. so weird. I mean, we were too young. I mean, not like we saw this in the theaters or anything. Oh, not even. It was released in England in July. This is a... Sorry, in England it was released in February. In the US, which pretty much is Canada too. So in North America, it had a July release. So this was a summer blockbuster. Yeah, like that's the thing. That's what these movies generally are. Or, I mean, these movies being like action movies or whatever. Yeah, this was a summer blockbuster movie. So it wasn't released... For the Christmas season in any way whatsoever. But like even growing up, I like I never thought of this as a Christmas movie. I just thought of it as an action movie. That was it. Like it just 
mm-hmm. happened to be around Christmas. And it this is the rare instance that it doesn't take away from the movie itself. Well, see, the thing with the movie being quote-unquote a Christmas movie is just because of the fact that they mention it at some point or other in the movie, and the party they're at is a Christmas party, and, you know, there's references to Ebenezer Scrooge and it being Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But this movie does not have really anything to do with Christmas. So then it becomes, but then it also opens up that beautiful debate that people tend to have about this movie about die hard specifically is, is it a Christmas movie or isn't it a Christmas movie? Either way, either argument works and either argument is believable. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you literally just want to say, because it takes place around Christmas time, it's a Christmas movie. Right. That yeah. Means, oh, yeah. Really the only <laughs> argument. But otherwise, like, no, it's an action movie that happens to take place around Christmas. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, the story it's has nothing to do with Christmas, except for that he is there over Christmas time. And that's but, the like, only reason. I mean, it could be done. I don't even think it takes place on Christmas Eve. No, I think they say that because um, there's the scene when the FBI is telling the city workers to shut down the power. And um, the deputy chief of police was like, listen, man, it's Christmas Eve. I'm, the mayor's going to have my head if we, you know, cut down the power to like 10 square blocks of the city. See, yeah, you know what? Okay, that, yeah, you're right. And that, then that brings me to another, then, you know, that leads me to a question. All right. Or not, I guess not a question, but because this movie is just straight up enjoyable. Yeah, it's a right. fun movie. For anyone who likes action movies, this yeah. is a great action movie. Period. Oh, totally. And th- this is this movie. Um, Bruce Willis's character is very different than would have been an Arnie uh, Stallone, a Van Damme back in the 80s because yeah. he is close enough to an everyman except for the fact that he has been a cop for 11 years, so he knows how to fight, he knows how to handle weapons or whatever. Yeah, but Besides yeah. that, he has a fairly average-ish body. Like, he's not a hulking monster or martial artist. He's a regular dude who's in shape. He's in, like, decent shape, and he's a regular guy. Yeah, and that's... that's that, that, funny enough, you mentioned that, but when they first made this movie, and I can't remember if it was... In the trailer or a test audience? No, it might have been the trailer. And um, they saw, and the audience saw Bruce Willis. They laughed. Well, they laughed at the idea of Bruce Willis being an action star. To the point where they had to take his face off of the poster for the release. Because they feared that... If they saw who the action star was in wide release, nobody would go see the movie. And then they retroactively, I think, afterwards, put his image back in the in uh, the poster. Yeah. After like it being out for a few months, and it was already a successful film. But the original poster is just Nakatomi Plat Tower Tower Explosion. 
<laughs> like, well, so anyway, what I was, I went on a tangent. No, it's all right. Was, keep going. Like, we're, we're, you're you're talking diehard, so it's not really a tangent. But if what I was going to get to was if this actually takes place on Christmas Eve. Right. Why is the Christmas party on Christmas Eve? See, that's Christmas a movie trope. That's the that's thing. Like, that's a on- that's a total movie trope. I mean, how often? Because they do it in Scrooged too. Yeah. Right. That there's a Christmas party on Christmas Eve. It's a total movie trope, and I think it it actually might even go back to um, a Christmas Carol because Fezziwig throws a party on Christmas Eve at uh, his count house or whatever the heck they they did. Right. And then movies just thought, hey, we'll keep that trope going. Mm-hmm. Right. So anytime there is a movie that involves a Christmas party at work or whatever, it's always on Christmas Eve. And I thought about this. Who the hell wants to stay at the office on Christmas Eve for a Christmas party? Nobody's yeah, sticking around. Everybody's out of the office by three o'clock on, a, on Christmas Eve. Yeah, I mean, honestly, unless... Regardless if you started at 10, you're gone by 3. Yeah. It's unless, Christmas Eve. But it's like, unless you are literally not around your family, you're not going home, and you just want to get drunk or something, sure. But I mean, for example, like, her, Holly, she wouldn't be there. She's got two kids. Exactly, she would, she would be home on Christmas Eve. You know, maybe... Nobody, nobody. She may be, like... Mind you, still, like it's still it just it it I just thinking she, about that. Okay, like, aside no. from that, I think what would have happened had Hans Gruber and his merry uh, men had not taken over the tower, she probably would have gone to the Christmas party, had a drink, said Merry Christmas, and then headed the hell out of there. Yeah, that's possible. Right. Possible. But yeah, I mean, who the. Who the hell wants to go to a Christmas party on Christmas Eve? No, that's like the Friday before Christmas. The, or yeah. the Saturday or whatever it is. It's like it's never. Exactly. Happened. Or offices now are doing it after Christmas. <laughs> no yeah, office. Exactly. No it's office a, does a Christmas party, party on it's Christmas not. Eve. We're calling you out, Die Hard and the movie world. Nobody does this. No yeah. one. Yeah, like. People might have parties and that would be or like people just have big families. But even then, man, like, (sighs) are you going to go? Are you honestly going to go to a party on Christmas Eve? No. (laughs) Just be honest. No, nobody's unless see the only way I would argue someone who would go to a party on Christmas Eve would be if they're if they could bring their entire family. Right. Like, say if, you know, I go to a party on Christmas Eve, you know, and I have kids. I'm like, OK, can I bring my kids to this party? And they're like, no, it's an office party. Who wants to bring their kids to this? Yeah. I'm like, well, then I'm not going. Yeah. Right. It's then, Christmas like, Eve. I'm, I'm spending I'm going to spend Christmas Eve with my family. I'm not going to bail to go to a party. Yeah. And even then, it's like. It's just it's weird because yeah it's it's a weird thing that it's it's such a movie trope yeah people that are it's, working on Christmas that's believable yeah people, people work, work Christmas, Christmas Eve that's a thing but it's I've not, worked Christmas Eve in the past stop to have a party on Christmas I mean no no it doesn't 
unless you make it that way. But that's another story for another time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, aside from that, like this movie, um, it changes the action movie genre forever. Well, it kind of it changes more the I would say '80s action movies because there were. Well, no, if you don't have this, you don't have the archetypal like '80s '90s action movie. Do you know what I mean? This is the first one, right? Where where like if if you don't have this, Keanu doesn't become an action star. Yeah, that's think about that, right? You know what I mean? it, and that's and that's basically it. I mean, hell, in Keanu's first action movie, he kind of looks like Bruce Willis in <laughs> in Speed, doesn't he? <laughs> like with that sh- with the way his hair is short in point that break. one, and and Point, point break. break. Yeah, that was that was even earlier. Yeah, but that's the thing. Before that, a guy like the guys like Patrick Swayze or Keanu, I mean, well, Swayze had Roadhouse. That's true. Depending on when Roadhouse came out, I think that's his dancing that helped him with that more than anything else. Yeah, well, it's that, and what he. What's funny is I think. Well, I mean, no, we're not mm. doing a movie on Swayze, but from what I understood, Swayze, he got picked on as a kid. Yeah. By a couple of bullies, and he went to his gym teacher or someone, and. They basically said they trained him or helped him learn how to box. Right. He fought, and he said he'd fight those kids like one on one, and that's what he did. And he beat the crap out of each one, one on one, something like that. And then, either way, I love it. Was, I love it. Speaking of dancers, though, because this kind of leads us into another thing about Die Hard, is the guy who played Carl. Was like a classically trained ballet dancer in Russia, like where he's from. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think he was actually um, Alexander Godunov or Godunov. Sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he studied dance from at nine years old to prevent him from becoming a hooligan, according to his mm-hmm. mom. And uh, one of his friends and schoolmates was the um, Mikhail Brizhnikov. Now, yeah. you being a dancer, who technically is Mikhail Brizhnikov to the world of dance? Just sort of give background of it, like a quick one. Uh, well, I mean, even I don't know all of Brizhnikov's like story or history and all that but no but i mean like what does he mean to the basically he is the most famous ballet dancer of all time like male he, one right but even but even a female dancer if you asked her to name a famous ballet dancer mm-hmm. i would say nine times out of ten she would say brishnikov in canada we had karen kane who was a famous ballet dancer? Mm-hmm. And she's still, well, I mean, she's still alive. She's head of the National Ballet of Canada, but um, people. But internationally. But internationally, because like Brishnikov, he was a guy. He transcended because he made movies. He was in mm-hmm. TV shows, and plus the fact that he was a freaking brilliant dancer. But uh, that being said, I mean, 
now moving back because we kind of went on a little dance tangent. And again, it's because of the fact there is a connection with the dance world in this. And we also have a Ginger Flicks itself has a connection with the dance world. We kind of can't help it. <laughs> right. Uh, one of us is a dancer. I'll let you guess which one. Um. <laughs> well, it depends how many drinks. Oh, hello. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it was, it was cool to find out and it, it just, it just allowed, I think you see the fluidity, fluidity, even in the fight sequences, especially between the, um, Alexander Godunov and uh, Bruce Willis, right? Because there is some sort of a fluidness through it. And obviously that helps with his dance training and all that. And I think it's kind for, of cool. Like, for the other thing too the dancer yeah yeah um, you know and uh you have these guys and then Swayze of course like we just said was a dancer and he was in enough action movies as well and it's like uh you know and then it's it's become even more famous like now the guy Grant Gustin who plays the Flash he's a dancer right like all these people I think I know there and there's probably was Channing Tatum a dancer or did he just do a dance movie Who's that? Channing no, Tatum. Channing Tatum was an answer too. So there you go. I mean, so far, I'm pretty uh, sure he was also a stripper. That's how Magic Mike even came out. Existed. Like, well, pretty sure. But well, there's another way to cool. make money dance. Channing Tatum, kind of like um, Swayze or Van Damme, right? Transcended being a dancer. Mm-hmm. Went from dance to doing all these action movies, these comedies. Like, hey man, I used to, I used to not stand Channing Tatum. I used to like see his name in a movie and I'm like, oh God. Yeah. Honestly, turned around. For me, it turned around a little bit with G.I. Joe, the first one, which isn't a good movie. No. But But G.I. Joe was fun. But it turned around with obviously like 21 Jump Street, like everybody. Right. Yeah. But yeah, no, no. So the thing was from, I've heard, you know, directors love working with dancers. Because if you're an actual dancer, not just a street dancer, oh, okay, then that comes out wrong as well. But if you are, let's say, a classically trained dancer from a kid, you have to be given direction consistently mm-hmm. in class. Your head goes here, your arms go here, your feet go here, right? And so it's like this guy, Carl, I'm sure the director was like, okay, you got to throw this kind of punch. You got to roll this, you got to do that. And so because he's trained and his whole life, he probably could do it. He was like, cool. Yeah, this is all right. What do you need me to do? Done. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. So, I mean, it just it's it's amazing how like the the skill set transfers as easily as that. Right. Yeah. Um, another thing that people might not know about Die Hard is that it was based off of a book. Yeah. And it was originally supposed to be a movie starring Sinatra, right? Old Blue Eyes himself. Yeah, Frank Sinatra. I thought it was a sequel to a movie that Sinatra did. Well, the book is a sequel to a movie that was already like another book that was the movie that Sinatra had done. Mm. And Sinatra liked that character so much. He's like, okay, I want another, I want to do another thing. Right. Mm. And, you know, the book was written and it was, you know, supposed to happen. But then 
you know, time constraints and scheduling and whatever gets in the way of any sort of film production, it got delayed and delayed, delayed, delayed. And by the time they were ready to make this movie, you know, Sinatra was what into his sixties, maybe <laughs> at this wow. point <laughs> in the eighties, he was already like in his seventies, eighties. Okay, then. So there you go. So he was already, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, a little bit too much, I think. He was a little he was a little too seasoned at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was um Yeah, it was just it was just it just didn't work out. And uh so curious. He had to turn it down cuz he was at the age of 73 or something like that by the time this movie was ready to be made. Yeah, it was for um the movie the novel Nothing Lasts Forever which was a sequel to The Detective, which was the movie that Frank Sinatra starred in. Wow. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, so yeah, you're right. Sinatra would have been... He was born in 1915. So yeah, so... <laughs> he was 73 years old when they were finally able to offer him this movie role. And it, it, it went through like- a bunch of rewrites. Like, it went to at least two or three rewrites. Because I think the original script was, you know a lot closer to the book and then everything pretty much got changed. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. I think the only thing that's left in it, like that's close to what the original thing was, I think might've been just the building. That's it. (laughs) That, that it's in a building. Yeah. (laughs) I think everything else has been changed. Um, another cool thing was uh, they considered Michael Madsen for the role of John McClane. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What would he have done by then? Not my, uh, maybe. I think this was pre Reservoir Dogs, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like Reservoir Dogs was 92. Yeah, so it's not like he wasn't auditioning for roles. He just probably wasn't getting anything just yet. Yeah. I mean, the first thing I remember seeing Michael Madsen in as a kid was Free Willy. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> wow. Who'd have thought if I? I used to. I, used I mean, to if if you Michael think Madsen. about it, What's if that? you think about it, if it wasn't for Tarantino, I don't think that um, you know, Michael Madsen would have a career. <laughs> it's possible he wouldn't be as. He would be a, a bit guy, you know? Well, he's kind of a character actor anyways at this point. Yeah. Right. At this point, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Like, back then, it's possible. Yeah, man. I used um, to any... think him and Tom Sizemore were like the same guy for a while. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a possibility. <laughs> I don't um, know why, but it's like... Yeah, they, so, they had kind of the same. What's your favorite scene in this in this action classic or one of your favorite scenes? Uh, I mean, I got to go like some of the classics classics, you know, like his fight with Carl, you know? Yeah, that's um, a good that's a, it's a good his, fight. scene. His, yeah. his fight with Carl's brother. His fight with, um, and then of course, like the end, like 
I remember as a, the first time I saw that at the, uh, you know, where he's got the gun taped to his back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, thinking, like, how's he going to get out of it? You know? And yeah. it's like, he does, obviously. I have one note for the fight that they have on the construction uh, part of the building. They they bump into a knockover or like ram each other into those metal studs. Yeah. Now the edges on those things are sharp as hell. They should have had like cuts on their back. Like I have a scar on my arm. I can't remember which on, on my arm, like right here from like just brushing one. Ooh. Like those things, they 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 cut you, and they're like they're they're almost razor sharp. You have to be careful when you're working yeah. with them. So I mean, they they should have gotten some sort of cuts on their back from those things, or they maybe they just they just got lucky, and the ones they used there were um didn't catch them. But I yeah, yeah. So I'm like, damn those. I mean, a tank top covers a lot. So yeah, <laughs> it's a suit of armor. Damn it. I still, you were telling me when we when you watched it, you were like, what, what, why does he have his shirt off? Where is his shoes? This is an office. Like, yeah, I really didn't get that. And whose I, bathroom I, was he in? Yeah, but I just, like, whose bathroom was he in? Office, but then he got to the office, he's in a suit. And then all of a sudden he's well, he's not in his. He's like in his pla- like he's he's in his coat and like a plaid shirt. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, not, that's, yeah. But he's he's yeah. I was like, why? Why are your shoes off? You're inside an office. You're not in a. You're not in a hotel. You're not. Like I didn't get that. Like I get that you want to freshen up maybe after a flight. You know, a flight from New York to L.A. is probably like three four hours so it's like yeah sure you want to like freshen up and all that but why are all your clothes off yeah <laughs> you know freshen freshening up would be like put some deodorant on and you don't need to take off your shirt for that yeah maybe it was a button up so you could have just unbuttoned it throw some de- deodorant on <laughs> yeah yeah and you take off your shoes like i don't know some people if the, the guy he's talking to on his flight said take off your shoes walk 10 times or whatever make fists right. with your toes in the carpet but it's like some people do take off the shoes on a flight which that drives me bananas it, i hate that for like the life of me i i hate that okay you're not supposed to be comfortable you're on a flight <laughs> no Piss i off. mean it depends like first of all if you're fe- like it depends on where you're putting your feet though no nah, man, like, you keep your shoes on. Nah, dude. This Sometimes isn't your living room. Off, it's so. not your living room. I don't care. <laughs> no, it's like, not your I'm living so, room. I, I will go for a window seat. I'm like snuggled up against the window. How my feet swell. Dare like, you? How dare you? Listen, <laughs> my feet swell now. It's like no, 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 no. I'm not. I I do not accept this. You know what? I don't care. Taking your shoes care. off on the plane is de- you're not at home. But take your shoes I'm, off at I'm the hotel. I'm bare feet. I'm still wearing socks. I'm not putting my feet next where someone else can touch my feet. Mm-hmm. You know how like some people put their feet. Where who what was that? I can't remember. It's like taking your remember. shoes off in a restaurant. Oh yeah. No, but no, no, no. It's different. If you're taking you're not in a restaurant for four hours. 
I've been in a restaurant for four hours. I never had the inclina- inclination to take my not food and my shoes thousand feet in the air. Like, there's a difference. Like, get Your over body it, swells. Man. Just get over it. Then maybe okay. wear bigger shoes. I don't know what to tell you. Imagine just going like fucking like clown shoes. <laughs> sure, I'll I'll let you borrow a pair of mine then. If 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 your feet swell that much that you can't stand being with your shoes for an extra with your shoes just slightly tighter. Listen, I'm sorry. I I I, I cannot defend okay. this. I cannot defend this. Okay. I do not condone this behavior. You know what? Of you, <laughs> you just trouncing around without any shoes on on the plane. Do, 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 do. I don't know. I don't leave my seat. <laughs> that, that's that's psycho. See, that's psycho talk. What you don't want to go on like the? Um... I'm not gonna go for a stroll without my shoes on. I like to see the cab. I like I like to see the cockpit, please. But no, I will you not know, put on my shoes. I'm also. I'm also not going to put my feet up on someone's like armrest. Oh, you with, don't do that, eh? No, where some people will literally do that though with their feet up. And that's I know nasty. that's nasty. Like, I'm sorry. No, you're in my space. No, no, no. Put your feet under the, ch- you know, under the chair in front of you. Cause no one's hands are going there. No one's <laughs> arms are going there. No one's head is going to rest there. It's so yeah. gross. Man. I'm sorry. I, I think we have different views of taking shoes off in a plane. And we have gone on this insane tangent. All because of that one jerk off on the plane in the beginning of the movie. We haven't gone off on it enough. (laughs) (laughs) Who is right here? Please. We ask you, the listener. Tell us. Is it okay to take your shoes off or not? Who do you side with? Are you Team Josh or Team Joey here? I say it depends on age and weight. No, it does. No, fuck that. Fuck that. I think I started it in my 30s. I don't think I ever did it before. It's it's gross. I'm sorry. You fuck shoes on. I got dancer feet. My feet are gross. Oh, oh, oh. You you have every... You come up with every god dang excuse in the book. To take your shoes off. What are you talking about? What does this have to do with the movie? <laughs> I don't take my shoes off anywhere else. Actually, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I go into houses. I don't take my shoes off. <laughs> I don't care if I'm walking in snow. I step everywhere. You, 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 in, you insist on trouncing through mud before you enter my home. You know, Dave Chappelle, Rick James style. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Track muddy boots into my house, grind them up on my couch. <laughs> but yet, you're on a plane, they come off as soon as your ass is in the seat. Yeah, it's true. You son <laughs> of a... I lied, too. I put my feet all the way up on someone's headrest. Well, they're sh- your legs are short enough. You, you're... And I started playing with their ears. <laughs> with your big toe? Just like flicking their earlobe with your big toe? Their hey. <laughs> hey. You pinch their cheeks with your toes? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. This is so nasty. <laughs> so nasty. Oh. oh, man. We went on a tangent. <laughs> oh, 
How do we get back, Josh? How do we get back? Uh, how do we get back? What do you? What's one of your favorite scenes? One of my faves. Um, there's quite a few, but my favorite scenes per se. Um, it's all that build up, right to right before he says "Yippee Kaye." Mm-hmm. That whole scene of who are you? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, are you a security guard? Eh, wrong guess. Would you like to go for double jeopardy and all that? Like mm-hmm. that, that, that exchange between the two of them who, you know, now these are two men who have not seen each other. So you can't see, or, and they're not in the same room together. So you can't see like a power dynamic between them, like directly, but mm-hmm. it's just the way, even the way Alan Rickman's face is when you, when they cut to him, um, the cadence or the way he says things as he's trying to like fish for info as well as like he has like a little bit of venom behind it and he's a li- like you could tell he's upset especially the way he talks about you know are you just another someone like another blah blah thinks he's a cowboy from a bankrupt American culture so he starts shitting on like American culture and all that stuff yeah. right just to take a dig at him and then it just with Bruce Willis's and you know John McClane's defiance with the whole thing and just being that cocky, you know, in your face type of uh, character. I really just love that whole build up and the end is pretty funny too. And mm-hmm. the end the end seals it, but everything else leading up to it just it makes it such a good just it's it's a great scene. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. And you know what? The two of them play well together. Oh, and it's crazy because this was also Alan Rickman's first like big American uh, role. You know? Yeah. Well, and- apparently, like while making it, they had to like teach him how to hold a gun. <laughs> he was going yeah. like really. He was going like really like limp wristed with it, and they're like, "No, it's a, it's a strong wrist, not so limp wristy." <laughs> <laughs> I can see that too. It's like, well, I mean, the guy is a, he's a Shakespeare. Like, you're not yeah, Shakespeare, he's a Shakespearean like a, actor. He's like a West End, yeah, London Shakespearean actor. Like, the guy is at that time for sure, people. right? And what's cool about him, again, he's one of those villains that obviously there's, it's weird. I mean, the whole thing really ends up kind of being like a robbery. Like, that's it. And the, that's, even Bruce oh. Willis says, like, that's it? Like, you did all this for money? Like, like practically you know? that's actually that's part of it so originally the producers of the movie wanted the villains to be terrorists mm-hmm. and john mctiernan's mctiernan's like it's so overdone it's always terrorists let's change it up a bit and they're like well what about if they just were robbers and they're like yeah. yes i love that idea and they went with it right but he he plays this it's like What's cool about Alan Rickman is that guy is probably one of the coolest. He probably was one of the coolest people to be around, you know, like when he was any one of his scenes, what was cool about him? He never like snapped. Like he never, like, you know how like some bad guys, like they just lose. No. And that's what made this character so good. Yeah. And and sometimes they're just always angry, like find him, kill him. He's just like, and like I loved, you know, like for example, like again, he's one of the he was just this calm, cool, collected villain. Hell, when that guy, I can't think of his name, but the one who was like hitting on Holly, 
you know. And oh, yeah. Tells, tells, Arliss or whatever. Yeah, he tells Hans that John was there to see him. Yeah. And he's like, what? Like, John's losing it. Like, what are you doing? Tell you them idiot. I don't know you. Tell yeah, them I don't know you. Yeah. Because you see Hans, like, you don't know exactly that he's going to kill him. You have an idea because it's like the 80s. So it's like. The villains for, always kill somebody. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, no, he ends up killing him. And it's yeah. like, he's just, you don't know exactly what he's going to do. And he never, because he never shows you that loss of control. And that's what makes him like, he's like that. He's a cool villain. <laughs> he, he, even when he's like mad, he's not like completely, he doesn't lose it. Right. Mm-hmm. He show it's all, it's all in his face and he doesn't, it's, it's very internal and he doesn't like, you know, launch into this large tirade where you'd see other movie villains you know, that will do that. I mean, that will give you this big, grandiose explosion of anger. Yeah. Right? And sometimes when you have uh, stage actors that have to be translated to screen, sometimes, you know, you'll have a director that'll allow them to be over the top, but sometimes that kind of acting just doesn't translate well, you know? Um, Because sometimes even, like, Kevin Spacey, he would be a little bit over the top but then at the same time i mean pre all the nonsense that he's done he was one of the best actors of of his generation yeah oh yeah man Uh, it's it's a shame though with kevin space christopher Plummer, like these guys they were stage actors and they were uh you know over the top sometimes but again they were able to come back and like bounce back and forth between stage and screen and then you have this guy alan rickman that's his first big role and yeah. he's not over the top no he it's he so, so subtle much acting just it's in his so... like subtleties <laughs> yeah it's very understated it's and it's very subtle the way he portrays hans gruber yeah right and <laughs> even that scene when he flips to the american accent it's yeah. flawless. It's yeah. flawless. Is it flawless? I don't know if it's flawless. It's flawless. It's, it's perfect. It's, it's it's good enough. It's perfect. How dare you? Good lord. How dare how <laughs> dare you? It's perfect. Oh boy. Everything it's perfect. I don't I, I don't condone your behavior tonight. <laughs> I'm how dare you you are you are yeah, out of it. hand even, sir you know what? let me take it all back out of it was actually just terrible in this movie. you are out of hand <laughs> rain it in rain it in in terms of like action movie villains he's Fuck got it up. To be, he's got to be one of the worst out there <laughs> you know where was the acting i wanted something bigger <laughs> i just wanted him to just Maybe break some things. I told him to lose it in every scene. Like, that's it. Just snap. <laughs> Hans, shut up. Don't talk to me. Hans, we broke into the sixth. <laughs> like he just caps everybody. We broke through the sixth seal. How dare you? <laughs> what do you mean you broke through? <laughs> Why aren't you through the seventh yet? But the nerd guy tosses him out of window. <laughs> 
exactly <laughs> so jacked. Like takes just like suit. with one arm and just. <laughs> I mean, he compliments. What's the name of Holly's boss on his suit? That's how cool and collected he is. And he's like, I got three myself. I I can't remember his her boss. And neither can I. But he's like, he names the suit and the cut and the and all that stuff. He goes, I really like them. I have three myself. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, another funny thing with that, um was and i'm sure you know this and a lot of people might or might not is at the end when he drops right so that's actually an actual that's that is the look of fear and i'm gonna die in his eyes when that happens because the stunt had to be done with him and he's like all right i'll do it I don't know if I want to, but I'll do it. It's obviously set up safely. So the stunt coordinator and like one of the uh, the, the assistants or whatever is there and they're holding on to him. And stunt co- coordinator goes, we're going to drop you on three. OK, <laughs> so they have it all set up or whatever. But what Alan Rickman didn't know was the stunt coordinator and the guy helping him. They were going to drop him on one. Yeah, and they dropped him. So that look of like, <laughs> the look of oh shit is a yeah. genuine look of oh shit, I'm going to die. Yeah, literally him going, I hate all of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Alan Rickman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we've come to the point in the show now where we rate these movies out of five ginger snaps. And Josh, old buddy, what do you rate Die Hard? Well, in spite of Alan Rickman's terrible, terrible acting, horrible, I still give it like a one. I mean, oh, wow. Does it hold up? It's awful. Uh, I mean... Why didn't he climb the building with duct tape like The Rock does in the Skyscraper? Oh, right? God. Oh, God. <laughs> no. I, you know what? I go four. Like, it's it's an enjoyable movie. It's weird. You know, we watch these movies and we got to see, we look at certain things like, mm, why did you do that? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> we never looked at it before. But uh, it's still a four. It was ne- like, this was never my favorite action movie as a kid. I actually remember watching Die Hard 2 more um but uh i know it still holds up it's it's uh you know bruce willis is that this is like him beginning of his action movie career you could tell he's probably having a ball with it alan rickman is cool as a cucumber in it yeah oh totally it's oh like, yeah it, it's and it's again what sometimes with these movies and i again i'm not even thinking about it but this movie takes place over one day it's one night. That's it. A few hours, right? So it's, it's like it's eight not hours. in real time per se, but it's, it's close. It's close, right? Where a lot of these other movies, they take place over a few days. Yeah, exactly. Whatever, yeah. What have you. Another uh, crazy thing, like with this movie specifically, and it, it also equates to what my rating will be, hmm. is that this movie was pretty much like 
written as it was being done. They hadn't finished the final the final script wow. in time for production. So they're writing and they're writing and they're writing constantly. So they're doing like maybe, you know, however many pages of like script a day. And oh. they get to the point where they don't have an out at the end. Like how do the villains get out of here? Are supposed how the vill- how are the villains supposed to get out of this? Which is why that ambulance that comes out of the big truck truck is there, right? Mm. If you pay close attention at the beginning when Hans Gruber and his team arrive and you look in the inside of the background of that truck, there is no ambulance in there. Exactly. And they were nervous and they're like, I hope we remembered to go back and do that. And they're like, shit, we didn't. (laughs) So I'm going to give this a four and a half. Closer to a five solely because of how well it was done with how on the fly this thing was made. Like this thing, it was like, it was almost like they, they, they put it together with like old chewing gum and tape. Yeah. (laughs) And, and they pulled it off. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The magic about this movie is that they pulled it off with such, you know, like such time constraints and just like it, it's amazing how they still were rewriting it right through production. Yeah. Right. I mean, this movie's story is you, if you want to know more about this, I would definitely check out stuff on the backstory of this movie. I know Netflix has like the movies that made us that has a whole episode on Die Hard, and it like goes into detail about this move about Die Hard and like where it started to how we got to, to where we are with, with, with this and the franchise. Mm -hmm. And it's insane when you really think about it, that this movie is a success at all from how many rewrites and like punch ups and all kinds of stuff that it hit. I mean, nowadays, if you hear a movie's had like a thousand rewrites, you think it's going to be a piece of crap. Mm hmm rewrites reshoots they all sound like bad things it's it, it sometimes they are and sometimes they aren't and it all depends and i think with the internet age now it really hurts a movie yeah that you can't, can't keep this stuff sure. quiet anymore right yeah. i mean just the thought of a movie going into rewrites right away just automatically i think even hurts it's chances because the audience will be like, well, why is it being rewritten so much? Yeah. Anyways, that's my thought. I kind of like the fact that I, 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 I give kudos to the crew and the actors and everybody. And that's kind of why I hold this in high regard. And it's like one of my favorite action movies like ever. It's pretty up there for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, solid. Anyways, guys, thank you again for listening. For Ginger Flicks, I'm Joey. I'm Josh. And uh, we'll hear from you again soon. <laughs>